Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate, weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone. My name is David Reed, and welcome to Dial the Gate. State of the Gate! We have a name for our new show now. I don't know if it's particularly clever, but it's what we have to work with. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us on this Saturday. I have Jenny Stiven, who is a uh, uh, industry uh, veteran in film and television marketing from Clio Consulting in Kaleidico. She is uh, on with us in just a moment, as well as uh, dear friend Darren Sumner, webmaster and owner of GateWorld.net since 1999, when it was Starguide. Uh, we're going to have them coming in in just a moment here. Before I get started, I really wanted to thank Burned Backhouse for sending me these little lovelies, they are Stargate pins, and I believe they are from Dragonstone, excuse me, dragonstormstudios.ca is where you can get these things. They're really high quality. This is like the standard, and this is considered like the ascended uh, one with, with uh it's like a star pattern in it. They're extremely cool. Thank you so much, Burn. These are these are absolutely a pleasure, and I can't wait to add them to my collection. So thank you so much, and uh, thanks to my team for um, uh, for building out uh, my set behind me here. The end credits will have all their information as well. You may have noticed the SGU Stargate uh, opening up the show. We have completed our trio of Stargates, and so we've got. All three of them now, and that is thanks to Eagle SG, and his website is available in the closing uh, credits of the show as well. Before we get started, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button right now. Do it now. It makes a big difference with the show's algorithm and YouTube's algorithms, and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. Clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. As this is a live show, we will be taking your questions now. The moderators are standing by in the YouTube live chat at youtube.com slash dial the gate. Uh, ask Jenny and Darren and myself uh, questions about what you think is, you know, what, what you would like to know about what we think is happening based on the information that we have uh, with the upcoming series, uh, with the Companion AI project, with Rick, Richard Dean Anderson joining them and anything else that uh, might be on your mind Stargate-related. So without further ado, I am privileged to introduce Jenny Stiven and Darren Sumner. Folks, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Are you kidding? I love this. Absolutely. <laughs> We're back for season two. I know. So oh, I know. I know. So much fun. And I'm even prepared with my Stargate command. Oh, look at you. Which, what do I have? Stargate. 
a gold without my caffeine. So I <laughs> that actually is an item now in the um, in the. Uh, uh, I saw. <laughs> uh, I love that. I may have to t-shirt also then i'll have my cup and yeah you can get it in any design you want so how uh how are you guys how are things uh going in your worlds uh and uh anything you want to update us on jenny doing great um i what's been nice this year in 2021 i'm viewing it here we are in november as my transition year of coming out of covid and looking to really amp up the projects that i'm working on of which you're part of a couple of them already and it's it is slow burn, but it's been fun. We've got some sci-fi projects we're working on. I've been able to work with the companion, so it's been really fun. Hopefully, it'll get uh, even more ramped up as we get into 2022. Uh, what is ex- what are you looking forward to the most about like some of the uh, trends that you're seeing in terms of the content that is? Um, how do I want to phrase this? The the um, the way that we're approaching content now in a post COVID era and the way that everything seems to be accelerating faster and faster online and being available to people more quickly. Do you think that that's, this is a cool thing. Do you think this is going to be a problem later on? What do you, what's, what's your impression? Being where I am and what I do. So officially what my title is, I do fandom development, audience development in digital content and digital marketing, um, specifically for sci-fi franchises. So everything that's happening right now, as far as I'm concerned, it's the Wild West, and I love it. And it's, it is, I'm not just saying that because as I hear myself say that, it sounds like every marketing speak, stupid panel that we've been on. But it, <laughs> it really is amazing to me that I was at CES in 2019, and they were talking about the tectonic shifts. And I know you hear me say that phrase all the time, that we're going to come, that we're in the, in the process of happening. COVID hits, mm-hmm. and in a way, it allowed everything to settle down a little bit, and then now we've, we've hit up again. And there's, we'll talk about it. There's different reactions from different areas of our industry. Some of them have become more risk-averse, which is was kind of a gobsmack to me. Some of them are embracing it wholeheartedly. And for my business, the embracing it wholeheartedly is the only way to go, because we're fans Fans are going to be where all of that pushing the edge of technology is, pushing the edge of content. And the fans are the ones that challenge us to come up with more creative ways to communicate with them, to interact, to build a relationship. Cool. I'm all over it. Awesome. Darren, there's been uh, some developments in in the Stargate world in terms of what Brad has uh, revealed online. Uh, But how are you? How are things going? And um... We're almost through 2021. I'm very well. 2021 was going to be the year that changed everything. I thought, I hoped after 2020 kind of kicked us all in the teeth. Uh, It's (laughs) been a good year. You've lost Uh, Atlantis. uh, It's been a great year. It's okay. (laughs) I'll sew it on later. Um, We've been going nuts at GateWorld for the first three quarters of the year, just doing content and really focusing, especially on video content. And then the fall hit. I had a great end of summer family vacation and right. the fall hit and I got so busy. If anybody's wondering why, where all the gate world videos went, I basically just had to put the entire site on the shelf for the fall uh, with the plan to come back. So as soon as this, this term is over, I teach uh, as soon as the term is over. And as soon as we get moved to a new house next month, uh, yeah, big plans for January. And I hope that the timing is just right. I mm. hope that, 
for all the reasons that we're going to talk about, 2022 is the year when we finally have stuff to talk about. I mean, now in Stargate, we have we have new licensees. We have new ships. I know. I want to talk about those. The, those are pretty legit looking, I must say. So. Uh, and remember, Gateworld gets a bit of a soft launch at San Diego Comic-Con. So I want to make sure that we shout out to everybody that Gateworld is sponsoring both virtual and on-site content um, with Wyvern Gaming and CCI Gaming at San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition this year, which is November 26th through the 28th. And Darren and David were gracious enough to both Gateworld, Dial the Gate, and Wyvern Gaming to post quite a lot of content. So we've got, if you can't be there in person, we're going to have an enormous amount of content. We'll talk about that at the end. But in a way, Darren, that's kind of a, a great soft launch to just get it positioned for next year. Sure. Yeah, and it's really cool that we've got this kind of hybrid concept going on this year where people who are on the ground at Comic-Con can go to the booth and 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 go to live events and meet the Wyvern guys. And then everybody else who's online, who's in other parts of the world, is also going to have this opportunity to connect with other fans and you know talk on Discord and and watch Stargate content that way. But I'm super excited about the new year. I'm just really busy right now and looking to get out of this year. Absolutely. I think all of us are in one way or another. So but science fiction in general, man, it's 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 a wild world. Mm-hmm. With all these new streamers and these, you know, ten million dollar shows, I can't believe there are there are now four Star Trek shows on the air yeah. simultaneous right I, now, and it's almost I, about to be five. It's like yeah. what? You know, we watched like, the, the Discovery premiere last night. Have yep. you seen it yet? Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. It's good. I all like I can it. think about was uh, uh, two thousand five or two thousand six being at TGI Fridays with the Federation president. <laughs> Kayla Horstall is an old friend of the site. Yes, she absolutely is. Jenny, do you have uh, headphones or something by any chance? We're getting some reverb on your side. Oh, uh, no, I don't because I had to kind of jerry rig this together. Understood. Okay, very Sorry. good. No, it's all good. I'm trying to do it from my phone and see if it gets less reverb. You want me to try? Yeah, let's give that a shot. As long as you can still hear us. All right. So, well, then I have to go away for a minute. Oh, okay. Understood. So. <laughs> You do your thing. Darren, what have you been hearing um, about the, uh, the the elephant in the room in terms of the next uh, Stargate television series? What's the going on? Star- what, what are they going to do? What's new? I mean, we're, we're at this, this weird sort of place where, you know, Amazon announced its intention to acquire MGM back in May. And now it's November and there's no news. We knew that it was going to take a while. Jenny has talked us through this in the past. Mm-hmm. The deal is subject to regulatory approval. And we knew it was not going to be much before early next year. So we're, we're in this waiting game where we're both, I mean, I am at the same time, both really uh, positive And I think it's, it's inevitable that we're going to get some kind of Stargate back. It's only a matter of time. I think we're closer now than ever, but at the same time, it just feels like the dark ages. It feels like Stargate is the one franchise that's sitting out this whole science fiction television renaissance. It does seem to be. Darren, can you can you mute your video and reconnect it for me? There we go. 
for audience members, they're going to be like, uh, what just happened? Because <laughs> Darren what became is... Jenny, and Jenny became Darren there for a second. What so. is going on? So is you... that better? Yes, it is. But I'm going to... I'm gonna everyone's gonna see my behind the scenes stuff for a little bit here while i recalibrate sorry about that no it's all good um jenny so we were just discussing about uh what we've been hearing down the pike in terms of a new um uh uh what's been going on with the next with the stargate whatever that amazon is going to do next right so there's been so many rumors and there's been so much going on so i what i'd love to do is just do a bit of a level set for fans is that to go back to what we talked about last summer or this past summer is that the deal is taking exactly as long as it's going to take. And I know everybody hates to hear that. It's the worst (laughs) phrase ever, but (laughs) what it means is that there are hoops that everybody has to jump through. So while we had hoped best case scenario that it would be done by December, it's not going to happen. Right. So it's more likely to be end of first quarter. And there's a couple of really key reasons for that. There were a couple of fans that had tweeted in uh, some questions for me. And one of the fans had said, look, I really think that a lot of it is the anti-Bezos uh, fervor. And that may be part of it in terms of there's always uh, in the entertainment industry and Amazon is now part of that, a very keen sense of what's going on in the perception of what they're doing. So I am sure that slowed the roll a little bit, Mm -hmm. but a lot of what's going on is that there are massive amounts of contracts that are outstanding for MGM and massive amounts of departments and divisions that are going to have to be delineated. Now, the best case scenario, and this was written up, I think, in Deadline Hollywood, and also there was a, uh, a great interview with the Broccoli's, uh, with Barbara Broccoli and her brother, Michael, about they sent out a direct plea to Amazon saying, we would prefer, we would love for MGM to come in as its own shingle, much like Disney absorbed Marvel or didn't absorb Marvel. What's more likely to happen is it's more likely to be like a Fox searchlight situation. And Fox Searchlight still exists as its own shingle at Disney, but there was a transition. Some people have come and gone. It's its own imprint, but it really is going to be a a siloed Oscar winner. That's what they're going to be for Disney. It is unlikely that Disney is going to fully absorb Searchlight. That is probably what is most likely to happen with MGM. The problem is, is none of us know for sure. We all hear different rumors. We all hear different discussions. And I've been talking with a lot of friends on both sides of this fence and then with uh, merger and acquisitions friends to ask what their feeling is. And they said, you know, a lot of this is brand new world and we don't know. And Amazon is keeping it very close to the chest and MGM uh, is doing the same for, for good reason. And so here's what's interesting to me outside of that logistical is that MGM has not taken its foot off the gas from 18 months ago when Michael DeLuca took over for film, when uh, Michael Wright took over for Steve Stark at creative, the creative division. And so for everybody, MGM had a little bit of a different setup than some studios. It's a small studio and it, it really operates that way. And when David and I were working there full time, they had a board of directors and a CEO and then 
people in charge of each of their divisions. And that's shifted now. And that shifted in 2019. And what they've really done is they streamlined everything. And they have people like Chris Ottinger in charge of distribution. And he's the one that you should be thanking for the MGM channel in Australia. He mm. pushed for that to really to go forward. And all of these people that are in charge of these divisions are going full court press because what they're trying to say is, here's our worth, here's our value, here's our quality, and this is what we can do for you. And what Michael DeLuca has done with uh, Pam, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her last name, is that they've brought in some extraordinary content and they've worked really hard to do this content and to get it off the ground. So there's some things that are going, that are coming out in the next couple of weeks that you probably wouldn't even think were part of MGM. And uh, the Channing Tatum um, movie dog that's about a traumatized vet that's working with a dog. I mean, it's very family oriented, wow. which is what MGM used to do. So there's these great content. Now, separate from that, you've got the TV division, which is run by Mark Burnett. And a lot of what Amazon has said to me behind the scenes, but also a lot of what they've put in the press is that they're re they really bought the library, the 4,000 title library. From 87 yeah. forward? Uh, yeah, post-Kokorian, yeah. Kirk Kokorian. So Kirk Kokorian sold MGM's library off. Ted Ugh. Turner. Just, it just breaks my heart every time I think about it. And what was left, which was enormous, is what was able to be kept by MGM. And that's what was sold to Amazon. And Amazon, in a recent interview in Deadline, reiterated that that library is their goal. So that brings me to Stargate. And what I find fascinating about all of the rumors and everything else is if we try to level set and boil it down, the deal isn't complete because it takes a minimum mm -hmm. of 10 months to a year. The Fox-Disney deal took two years mm -hmm. in, in its entirety. So I hate to say it because this is just a really crappy thing to say to fans, but it's not in trouble. There's not a problem, but it's not finished logistically. Right. So that's what has to happen is for us to be patient with that because we're not going to hear anything. <laughs> However, as you've seen with Brad's interviews, Brad Wright's interviews, and with Amazon doing this uh, interesting because Amazon doesn't release any information unless they've thought it through 60 times. And this is from four days ago that they reiterated, this library is everything we want to develop, their word, develop what's in this library. And Brad doing his interview, and people saw my tweet because now's the time to push because if Brad's going public, then we have an even stronger support for Stargate Now type campaign, for all of these campaigns from fans to have a bit of a, a shoring up by Brad or, or leading, I shouldn't say shoring up, he's leading it. So I, I think that there is positive news and positive thought for Stargate as far as Amazon and MGM are concerned. Okay, I'm, there's, go ahead, Darren. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, Jenny. I just wanna ask a, a follow-up question that's kind of a technical industry question and also mm -hmm. is something kind of comes out of my anxiety as someone who reads the trades <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, we've known since May that this deal was in progress and MGM keeps announcing things. So there's new, 
there's new shows there are mostly right. new movies that I've seen. I know that some of the some of the stuff that's in production right now, like Vikings Valhalla, that's right. a old deal. That's that's something that's pre Amazon. Twenty twenty seventeen deal. So yeah. Like quite a while. Yeah. So yeah. MGM is is and still announcing new projects. We're right. gonna make a new show. We're gonna make a new a new movie. This new deal is has just been signed. Right. Um, obviously they're a functioning studio that have to continue their day-to-day operations to, yeah. to continue to make content and put new stuff in the pipeline. Do you know, do you know, or, or can you speculate as to whether, I mean, they, they could, MGM could decide to do something with Stargate and announce it before the deal is closed, decide in conversation with, mm. with Amazon, right? announce something before the deal is closed, or would Amazon have come along and looked at the library and said, okay, this, 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 and this are really strategically important to us. So we just want to pause those, any conversations until, Mm -hmm. until we can announce it as an Amazon MGM thing. So it's a great question. And the thing is, is that I don't have any personal knowledge of that. So I can only speculate. So I can only go based on what I've done with Fox when I was there and their post merger or post acquisition. Uh, And also just looking at spending a lot of time looking at what the the content is that MGM is developing right now. So let's address that first. MGM is is pushing a lot, mostly under Michael DeLuca. So most of it is film related. The TV, almost, I think 90% of it was deals that were already in place prior, not just to the acquisition, but COVID. So even Mm -hmm. though the acquisition came through uh, during COVID, part of the problem is, is that a lot of these deals were already ready to go. So MGM is going to complete those and they're going to do it. And then Amazon will acquire those as part of it, that they'll be, you know, in production basically. So a lot, almost everything that you're seeing right now, that's been quote unquote greenlit was already greenlit in 2019. So COVID just slowed it down. So now we're it starting to move. Stopped back it. Into, yeah, okay. exactly. And so if they had a contract with particular people that this was going to happen, no matter what, then they're going to honor that. Now, to answer your second question, oh, wait. And also, Mark Burnett is very heavily invested in unscripted. So there were, when I was talking to them, actually just this year, there were three unscripted shows that had already been greenlit because those are easy. So you're going to see those come up on a regular basis because that's something that he could do in his sleep, right? It doesn't require, you know, he doesn't need to, to go out and look for new blood to get that done. Right. And it's not something that's going to step on Amazon's toes at all. So to answer the second part of your question, which I think is a great one. Every time you have any merger like this between two huge and to my ever really sad detriment, I've been part of three of them. Anytime you have two studios who merge at this that are this big, this different and Amazon is different. It's a streamer. It's an e-commerce who has created a studio. But what everybody forgets is they've had their studio for 10 years now. Mm. So Amazon Studios has been in business long enough to know in that area exactly how this works. And you're right, Darren. What they're going to do is they're going to go and have these discussions with the MGM folks. However, what I don't know, and this is really key, is depending upon where they are in the logistical process of the acquisition, those conversations can't even happen. The lawyers won't let you have them unless you're at a certain point in your deal. So what I don't know is how far along are they in the deal where Amazon would have thrown up that, or is it possible because these are new deals and from the mergers and acquisitions friends that I've talked to, they've said that some of the paperwork that they've seen and how this is being done is is completely new territory 
in mergers and acquisitions mm -hmm. because Amazon is obviously a very different footprint from a studio. Even though it, it operates as a studio, that the studio didn't buy MGM. Amazon proper bought MGM. Right. The store so, and th th what controls Audible Bezos. and the spaceships. Right. Right. So the publicly traded commerce company bought MGM, not I lost uh, lost your audio. Jenny, you're muted. I think you're muted. Okay, that was random. As you can see, my hands were here. I didn't touch it. <laughs> did your did your headset lose power? Nope. Still can't hear me. Isn't that interesting? No, we can hear you. Nope. Now I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Testing one two. Can you hear me now? How's that? Yep. There How's we that? go. Okay, please continue. Sorry about that. Technical um, difficulties. Oh, Jerry rigging everything today. Um, I think that the biggest question we should have is how much of what we're hearing about Amazon's respect and want for Stargate. That's the question I want answered. Because I hear that they do. I hear rumors that they do. I hear that that's one of the catalog library that they're most interested in, and Darren, to your point, is that one that they said, hey, don't develop anything because this is something that we want to do. I don't know. I would speculate that if they've gotten to that point, yes, if Amazon has gotten to that point in the legal process. And two, I would bet that MGM said, we would like to develop this with a bigger engine behind us because that's been one of the biggest tripping points is that you couldn't develop a Stargate right now in this day and age at a, a budget that MGM is used to working with if you really want to do it right. Speaking of what you guys talked about earlier, how great these sci-fi shows are. Correct. Are they're so out. insane. I mean, they're not, they can't produce something that doesn't look like movie quality at this point because everyone's going to cry foul. Uh you know? And I don't know, does our, I, I'm sure our audience is aware, but a per episode sci-fi, what's considered a lean budget would be a million dollars per episode. And that's, that's really undercutting what you could do. Yeah. So what you're trying to look at is on average around 2 million per episode. And that means that you'd get good cast members, that you would have a good director, a showrunner, and most of all, that your special effects and your Correct. writer's room was was packed. You want to have a writer's room like they used to have that had quite a few people to choose from. So I, I think MGM might, and again, oh boy, this is 100% speculation on my point part, that based on the conversations we were having in 2018, 2019, that MGM, if they wanted to do a Stargate, would wait till they could have a better budget and Amazon would give them that. I, <laughs> so it feels like I wake up, Darren, do you have any follow-up to that? No, I want to hear what you're saying. I, it feels like I wake up every morning on, on one side of the bed or the other with, well, Brad's doing a lot of press right now. Maybe that's a good sign that he'll, that uh, he'll come aboard yeah, for this next right? week. And then, like, the last time I reported on this, I, I said publicly, you know, I don't really have good vibes that Brad is going to be in, involved because Amazon is is very interested in pushing new talent, new talent, more diversity. Yeah. What is your speculation at this point 
that it's going to be a a continuation of the Brad Wright canon and B involving Brad. Are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you. Well, I got to say before Jenny gives us the golden answer. Oh, there's no golden answer. <laughs> I mean the I I know in my head, right? I know in my head. And you're fron. Big time. <laughs> and there's reasons why there's not been any Stargate news since May. Yeah. Right. What Brad's been doing through the companion. Uh, but my heart tells me, boy, the longer it goes, the more time that passes, the more likely it is that either either somebody at Amazon is going to want to move on creatively to a, a, a reboot or that, I don't know, Brad's going to get busy. He's going to find other work and not be available. He's yeah, and been, I don't blame him. He's been banging this drum right. yeah. since 19. You know, yeah. at a certain point, you got to fish or cut bait. Well, and okay, so I don't have a golden answer by any means. <laughs> no, um, I'm asking you for your a I your know. professional opinion based uh, on your the vibrations that you have felt, you know, because because you've been doing this as long as you have, yeah. and B just your instincts. My instincts are, and I'm so sorry to every fan out there, are fifty yeah. fifty, and I yeah. I hate to I hate to say That's that, good. but I have I feel good about really, 50 right yeah, now. Well, better. I mean. I almost swore. Um, better than I. <laughs> I did pretty good. I pulled it back. You did. I get a gold I've been star. Really pessimistic about about this. I I started the show by saying I'm I'm really optimistic that something Stargate is coming. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna more get more that, that ring thing for be, sure. But Brad show. Yeah. Well, I'm not okay. I'm not pessimistic. Um, what I am is, I'm trying to not be my Pollyanna self because. <laughs> I've been way too disappointed way too many times <laughs> personally and professionally when I follow that path. So what I'm trying to do is, is channel my husband and be very pragmatic right now and say, okay, here are the, the, I think the good flags, which is Brad's interested, yeah. Brad's engaged. He is absolutely 100% open to conversations and he's 100% working on other things and yet open to this. Two, that Amazon has obviously made a PR push to say that they are very interested in the catalog and the library and that they, quote, want to develop shows from that. Okay, cool. That lays great groundwork, really good groundwork. My only but to that is that there are no guarantees in this business. We could get, as David and I did, all the way down to the last minute of a brand new show and, it, and the plug gets pulled. Yeah. So I just don't want to get anybody's hopes up yeah. for one type of show or another, which leads me to I'm very optimistic that something Stargate is going to happen, whether it's in Brad Wright's universe or by Brad Wright, I have no clue, yeah. none. I am as in the dark as everybody else. And not because I'm not talking to everybody, because everybody I talk to has a different answer. Right. And all and all of those answers are always with a caveat. Well, I can't say for sure, but this is what I'm feeling. So everybody's in the same That's all I room. asked. So and the only people that know it. for sure are probably Chris Ottinger, yeah. Mark Burnett, Michael Wright, and uh, the head of Amazon Creative Studios. And yeah. that's probably the only people who know for sure. The other point, uh, Kelmeister uh, kind of beat me to it here. Uh, Stargate is being pulled from uh, the different platforms that it's been on. So it's it's retiring 
left and right. And part of me is yeah. like, well, well, there goes that, you know, I mean, if it was. At, oh, no, it, no, no, no. Well, no, correct. No, no, let happening. me finish. Let me yeah, finish my yeah. thought. Okay, but, sure. In terms of contracts, if it was. Oh, there you guys did it again. Can you, Darren, can you. Um, there we go. Okay, perfect. Everyone just stay there. Um, <laughs> your name's reversed. If it was a huge resounding success on, for instance, Netflix, right. would it still be on Netflix? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, as you and I dealt with ad nauseum, and Darren has reported on ad nauseum, it has everything to do with international contracts and distribution contracts. Oh, so so, it, so even if it was yeah. a huge success on Netflix, it wouldn't still be there now? No, no. Okay. So because that, that contract expired. Uh, expired. Okay. Yeah. So Netflix wouldn't have, for instance, fought to extend it if people were like, okay, we have... We have, you know, five million people in the middle of the show now. Can we please, at the last minute, extend this? No, no, because I'm sure. Yeah, I'm because mainly I'm sure Amazon, as the 800 pound gorilla, said, "Okay, nope, we're pulling that because they're going to run it. So it's going to be picked up by Amazon in some manner, shape, or form fairly quickly. Um, I think there's going to be a very short window where nobody has access to it on streaming and then it's going to be picked up by Amazon because that's the whole point is that they want that exclusivity to it. They want the exclusivity to all of that catalog. So for instance, Teen Wolf, which is a shared production with MTV is going to be pulled. So all of these different ones are going to be pulled over the next year. Okay. Well, that was, I mean, that was my thought process because Star Trek, uh, CBS All Access has been out for years now. Now it's Paramount Plus, mm -hmm. but it was still yeah. on Netflix, you know. And I assumed it was annually yeah. renewed, and it was such a huge. I mean, it's why I kept my Netflix account was to keep watching sure. TNG and DS9 and Voyager, sure. and, and I just sure. assumed that that was the reason why it continued to be there because it continued to make the money. And CBS yeah. was approaching them and saying, "Okay, if you want it, you need to put this money down." And Netflix was going, "Take it, take my money." Yeah, but see, here's the difference. Okay. This is Amazon who's going to own it now, uh, which is a which is a rival streamer, not the studio who's doing a distribution like a syndication deal, right? Okay. So, so as, even okay, so CBS you and I all access was a streamer. Yeah. Oh yeah, but see, they're not though. They owned it as Paramount Plus, CBS, Viacom, and one of their only one of their distribution channels. Now, okay. having said that, Amazon has owned some other content and done some deals where they're aggregating, right? So you can see if you go to Amazon Prime Video, you can get BritBox, Acorn, you can get CBS All Access, you can get, so they're they're positioning themselves as an aggregator of streaming. So just like you could do subscription aggregation when we were doing cable, you'll be able to do that with Amazon. It is quite possible once they reset and do a complete legal reset, that they will allow syndication to other distribution channels just like any studio does, where they okay. say, here's our content. But my this I do know, my understanding, uh, 2019 and well, end of 2019 and all of 2020 was an audit by uh, several different independent auditors of MGM and what those current, and I don't mean audit in a bad way, I mean, whose contracts are where, it's what a countries, what territories, who has yeah. what. And that means for every single solitary title and catalog. And, and that meant in production also. So they spent yeah. the entire year doing that. And well, if you're taking possession of something, 
Don't you oh, want yeah. to know where all the bodies are buried? Well, and MGM voluntarily did it so okay. that they could put themselves on the table and say, because uh... there were three, there were three buyers on the table. So they could say, here's where everything is. And here's what we've had an independent auditor assess the value at. Okay. And that's one of the reasons why you saw a bit of a bidding war there. Okay. And at 8.45 billion, it's, while that seems insane, that's actually a pretty, I think a pretty fair valuation of what MGM is bringing to the table, especially if you count bond. But that's, you know, it's, bond. Got its, it's got its own issues, but in terms of ownership. But I think for anybody, fans, we have every right to be so frustrated that this is being yanked. As a business on the marketing and distribution side, just so everybody knows, David and Darren and I saw this quite a bit from when we came back in in 2014 to 2019 that the distribution deals were insane. Michael Brown had done such a great job of sustaining the Stargate uh, brand worldwide mm. and, and then Chris Oninger as well with just amazing deals worldwide for distribution. But all of those deals then now have to be tabled, reassessed, stopped, expired, all of that. And Amazon brings everything under one roof then as best they can at some end point, which will be probably March of 2022, they'll say, okay, if there's anything outstanding in Brazil or whatever else, fine, but we're bringing everything under one roof and then we'll reassess in the next year. Part of it, it's just administration. You've got to let all those other international deals lapse. Yep. The, there's like 200 plus countries that That's some right. of products are, are in. You've got to let those deals lapse and they have different terms. Right. Uh, they have uh, different end dates. And it's just like right when Disney Plus launches without all the Marvel movies or without all yeah. the Star Wars movies. They'll get there. Or without all the Fox stuff. I mean, there were giant complaints that there was no Archer, Simpsons, you know, none of the, when it launched, it didn't have it. I think, so I think what you're describing is there is an end point, probably sometime in 2022, where it, the deals have to be allowed to lapse so that Amazon can bring everything under one umbrella. And it's an MGM's best interest right now to kind of get everything tidied up for Amazon for when this deal closes. But I think in the meantime, if there are opportunities for short-term extensions, so like here's the state of things right now. Um, we saw it announced that, that Stargate was leaving Netflix, SG-1 was leaving Netflix mm-hmm. at the end of November. So in just 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I haven't gone back and looked yet, but I've seen some indication that that, that sort of leaving soon flag might be gone now. Mm-hmm. So if there might have been an extension, we don't know yet. And we won't necessarily know until December 1st gets here. Right. But Hulu does this when when a show reaches the within two weeks of the expiration date. Right. Hulu will automatically flag a show as this yep. is leaving in, you know, expires in 14 days. And you can watch the countdown. Yeah. Hulu did that with all of Stargate last month in October. They were all counting down all three of the shows. And then right. we hit the first of November and Atlantis was still there. Well, they got, and they did now, get an extension, and that Atlantis was announced. Is, yeah, it's still streaming. So, yeah, there's these little short-term extensions, and you just kind of don't know until the new month gets here. And I feel yeah. like there could be short-term extensions. SG One could could get another three months on Netflix. Mm, right, uh, it could pop up on Hulu for two months, uh, but only insofar as the the parties are willing to do short-term deals, because there's exactly. Yep. Let's move on. I did. 
to no go ahead oh, finish your thought sorry i was just no 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 i was going to ask you david because yeah. i can only be on my phone i was going to do a shout out to tracy if yes. she could check my um first of all hi tracy um if she could check my twitter account because there were four questions and i can't look at them now um and i want to make sure i answer the people who had directly asked me on my twitter account on jenny Steven um some questions and there was a couple and i just want to make sure i don't ignore those okay yeah tracy underneath the um the questions uh, lists in the the fan the live viewer questions page between set one and set two i've put uh place for jenny's questions and we're gonna get those handled thank you as well. i appreciate it um sorry to ask that no it's, logistical it's, question on air <laughs> it's it's all good there there are some there are some questions in pertaining to this that uh, some people are asking um, Erpel Homo, uh, what would be a reason to do a Stargate reboot rather than continue the series? And Jerome Labana, if it is a continuation, what are the chances they'll use references rather than, um, like just, just, uh, general references to bring mm. back some of the cast members? You know, the, I think the first one is you have, you have baggage with 356 episodes. And if you're trying mm-hmm. to introduce new people to it, and to start yep. fresh from from day one, I won't watch Doctor Who, largely because. Wait, I, what? I largely because I'm not going to sit through a thousand episodes. Um, and, <laughs> I did not know that. And, and there's a camp factor to it that I just can't get over. Oh my um, god, I didn't know that. It's, it's one of the. <laughs> so, but it's it's one of. The... I haven't seen the 1965. Oh, I'm so you gonna give you. See, well, it's one of it's one of the. This is what I'm talking about. It's one of the perceived barriers to entry that Amazon may rightfully go. No, you know, it, you it's it's legends as far as the new content goes. It's it's yeah. the equivalent of Star Wars Legends. You want to have a watch? It's on the shelf. Have at it. We're going to make something right. new. I right. can't blame them if they go that route. No, I but think you're spot on. All of us in the chat may very well, and you can't. I understand, you know, I, I completely get it. That's, but you know, I, I can't blame them. Yeah. The no. question is how sacrosanct is that, that legacy content uh, with star Wars, nobody was going to reboot star Wars and say the original right. trilogy didn't happen in this universe, but we've seen plenty of reboots in our lifetimes. And it totally makes sense that if the decision is made, that the canon is not that sacrosanct. Right. Well, how noisy are the fans? You know, I mean, Star Wars fans would not have had it. You know, you've got you've got right. generations right. and generations to be noisy. Yeah. Well, okay, and if we're going to stick with and and no offense to our own fandom, but oh, we're not ahead. Star Wars. No, so I, I I do think I do think that you're spot on, David. That it is, it's going to come down to not what are the fans going to put up with, but how much from a production standpoint does this make sense? And this is, again, why I keep coming back to being 50-50. Sticking with canon actually benefits them since they just bought the catalog. And if they want people to spend the money to watch the new show, think about how many people they could get and have continue their subscription if they have to watch 307 hours, 17 hours of Stargate. There's a lot to be said for that. There's also, from a production standpoint, a way to get around that, which is you do what we did with Daniel starting SGU, right? There's lots of ways to do supplemental content that gives a great summation of everything that's happened. And considering that Stargate operates on a humor 
basis. Uh-huh. You could do it very, you could have General O'Neill come in and say, hi, kids, right. this is what we're going to do. And he could go through a whole description of just want to get you all caught up because it's 2061 and now this is what we're doing. <laughs> so you never know. And there's lots of great ways. And there are lots of great writers. Amazon's creative studios, to their credit, has a kick-ass group of network of writers and directors and showrunners. Mm. And I don't want to take away from them at all because it could be that they go to somebody new even. That's the beauty of Amazon's creative studios is they're not limited to who they already have on deck. Uh, A lot of networks have now resorted to that where they go out and they get brand new production companies to come on board, but it takes a lot longer for them to do it. Amazon can do it super quickly. So, you know, it could be, it could be a really cool way to do it that solves both of those questions. Genuine Joy says, I've only seen MGM promote and talk about the original Dean Devlin SG film. Could that be a signal from Amazon? Uh, do they mean recently since the purchase? I don't, because I don't think that's true. Okay. And Lions, Lionsgate owns the, the, the co-owns the theatrical version. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was MGM on Twitter for a week or two was, was suddenly just pumping out Stargate movie tweets, if I'm remembering right. And I thought it was was this because of the Lionsgate thing. Oh, I think that was just because the Lionsgate asked them to do that. um, Because, I know Lionsgate because we worked okay. with them. Uh, we did a quid pro quo marketing push promos for each other. So I'm sure that they were doing the anniversary and wanted to do some promotion. But that's interesting because it brings. I'm, bring, I'm guessing. Well, I, I think and I think that that's fair, but it, it brings out the the mixed signals that that fans may take away from it if they see the that's MGM exactly official right. account saying these things. It's yeah. like okay. What are they telegraphing something to us? Is this the no, is this for the sure, push? or is this yeah. just like you say a quid pro quo right now? It's that's random. I didn't, I didn't see that. I missed it. Okay, I got to be honest. I'm sorry, MGM, but I don't pay attention to your social media very much anymore. <laughs> um, not be, not because I don't want to. It's just it's it's not unfortunately uh, first of mind. Um, I don't think. That just seems random. I got to be honest. I don't think that that would be telegraphing anything, but good okay. Lord. It was that. random and it was causing some some people to speculate. Is MGM saying to us, it's time to go back to the original feature film and the SG-1 TV canon. Let's not think about that right now. We're going to think about the feature film. Right. Well, I, That's I, a I will bad say. Signal. I mean, I know fans are, are always sort of reading between the lines, but. They have, we have well, nothing better to do. That's all we got. <laughs> I, so. Well, I would also say that's not even like they're trying to pull it out of nothing. That's out there. I, I would say we do have to remember, and this could be fair, is that to go back to David and Darren's point that Amazon might have been saying, hey, Stargate catalog TV hold for us. Roland Emmerich did have a deal with the creative uh, group at MGM, and that might still be uh, outstanding. That might be still in good standing. So if that's true... Those two things can still happen. And that, again, Michael DeLuca has been doing a massive press to make sure that the shift in MGM's approach as to filmmaking is clear. And he's spent 18 months pounding that pavement. So, Mm. you know, but I got to be honest, I'm 
I'm literally stitching four different pieces of information together that could mean absolutely nothing. It just is a bit random that they did it, that they spent time on that. Redux says, uh, with Prime Video's track record, does a streamer looking good to c- compare to Netflix where they'll cancel a show after one or two seasons? What could we expect from Stargate's new home? Oh, I love have Amazon. To put it up there for a, for a few seasons yeah. at least. You know, Amazon's much, much better about it. And there are ones that they've canceled that I was just gutted about. But uh, in general, talking to friends of ours, uh, um, Johnny Z and those guys over there, they are really happy. There was a massive restructuring six months ago within the whole prime video creative studios. And they have now a whole silo that's just fantasy sci-fi. Literally, that's the genre. And there are people just in charge of that. And then underneath that are people who literally fight for these shows. So I think the approach that Amazon has is massively different now, not only from Netflix, but from studios. I personally, I love their new restructuring. I love how they've set up. It's not the assembly line ka-chunk, ka-chunk anymore. It doesn't reflect an e-commerce business model and I love it. So I think there's good, 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 good thoughts. This was the, this was the big thing for me. You know, when, when I, when I heard that Amazon was doing this coming into the fray, I was like, well, if, if there is a good takeaway, as far as I'm concerned, it's that you have such a radically different company that's on all of these frontiers, not just inside the film and television business that could really shake up the industry in a positive way. If we give them the opportunity and can really throw some good solid money at this thing, if 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 they can if they have the the correct people in the mix to really make something positive of the industry, I mean they could blow it straight right. to hell, I suppose too. But I mean, yeah. but the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, like they they seem to be more willing to take uh, more chances on some uh, some much higher quality content in terms of like the money that they throw at it and the, the energy yes. that they throw at it, like as like Apple is doing with foundation and some oh, of gosh, these and see yeah. they're just magnificent television. Right. In terms of the quality. They look good. They look good. They look good. That's it. <laughs> foundation is for a different podcast. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the first episode. Information in that. <laughs> Those two words for you. That was great. It looks good. Found it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. I love the books too. All right, yep. Dan Ben. Darren, what do you think of Eagle Moss's Stargate models? I haven't seen them yet. I've seen pictures. <laughs> I want to hold them in my hands. <laughs> I want to play with them. I want to turn them. Um, I, I'm really excited for this licensee. Man, how many years have we been asking for Stargate ship models? I know. And then just out of nowhere, Eagle Moss, which has been doing uh, Trek models uh, kind of by right. subscription for a long time. Uh, they announced that they're doing it, and it's happening now. Uh, they announced the Daedalus. It's coming out at the end of this month. Um, and I've been talking with the Hero Collector, Eagle Moss guys, and and I'm going to get some some samples here. Oh, you and have okay. Ooh, good. And look at it and and uh, see how big it is, and see what the detail looks like. Uh, and they just announced the second ship is going to be the Hatak Goa'uld Mothership. That's going to oh. probably early after New Year's. Wow. I mean, and I have it pulled up on the screen here uh, yeah. so that fans can see. The, the detail. gorgeous. It's really, really nice with all the little hand paint. It looks like it's hand-painted windows. 
Yeah. I mean, the I'm quality is great. Kind of reserving judgment about the Daedalus based on the photos until I, I see it. Yeah. Uh, when they first came out, I was like, well, the Daedalus doesn't quite look like that, does it? And then I went and looked up shots from the show. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there it is. That's, yeah. in, that's in the screen model. No, there's that that coloration on the the sort of, I mean, the 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 Daedalus is, the exterior is all this sort of individual metallic panels it just looks like so it's been sitting out in the rain when the ship is in motion they uh. catch light differently and you get that kind of you know not everybody not every every panel is the same colors reflecting the same light okay. so i want to see the daedalus in person um but the hatak looks gorgeous and then the third ship uh is going to be the death glider yeah oh sweet yeah I'm I'm really uh, excited about that. I was on the fence. I was like, okay, please God, let them let them do these models justice. And yeah, and they're affordable. Yes, they're fifty-five dollars US for each of them. Oh. fifty euros for each that's, one. Yeah. How big that's are completely they? doable? How big are they? How big are we talking? I mean, they're. I think the the Daedalus is about eight inches long, eight and a half inches long. Oh, okay. It's about uh, uh, six by six inches. Okay. So that it's, Hatak looks gorgeous. It does. Yeah. It's a nice piece yeah, of hardware wow. all the way around. We're going to yeah, be featuring like on, on GateWorld. And then I'm hoping my new, after we move, my new set is going to have some display <laughs> space behind Absolutely. Me. Not that I'm ever going to approach the majesty of the Dial the Gates, <laughs> which I see now has a replicator for season two. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, that's a 3D Pro. Get yours today. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I've I have absolutely been blessed, but I'm I'm really really excited that uh, that these things are coming along, and I, I do want to have at least someone from Eagle Moss on to di- to discuss their process. So, oh, that, that would be so cool. That's that's hopefully in the works. But yeah, these are extremely cool for sure. Uh, let me see here. Um, Kirsty Green also posted on Jenny's Twitter. So and it's it's a reflection of what Jenny said earlier, and I want to reiterate: Is it now the time for fans to get behind campaigns like 365 Days of Stargate? Oh yeah, I, I mean I know I announced that on my Twitter. It's been the time um, for a while. Pardon me. It's been the time for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After we did our last podcast, um, and the the Stargate 365 campaign launched, I it I did. got a little crap on on YouTube and on social. From folks who were like, well, do Jenny and David endorse this? I mean, everyone's trying to figure out their own their own way of approaching this. And we're, we're certainly not going to say, we are the ones in charge and you cannot do that. No. Right. I mean, I, right. that's ridiculous. We just have our opinions. You know, we're just looking at this from a strategic point of view. It's like, okay, t- right. strategically, when do we want to start pushing, you know, our, start pulling our side and they went when ahead and did this and it's really good so. yeah and and it's also you don't want to have which we've all every single fan has been a part of it is that when it loses its momentum and so you want to have it be that you've got those to to david's point strategic people that are coming in each time so it's gate world dial the gate it's brad and the reason mm-hmm. that i was saying that now's a great time is because Brad decided to make that step forward right. and to say, here's what's going on. Here's where my head's yeah. at. This is what I'm thinking. And to do that publicly that, uh, and I talked to him last week that it is, it is a great way 
in this, what we presume to be the logistical time frame of three to six months of this deal closing and then therefore production starting up, which is for everybody, so you know, obviously MGM, like Darren and David said, is doing production simultaneously, but a lot of stuff is on hold. So Amazon's not moving forward on certain things they might want to because you're waiting for that final logistical mergers and acquisitions. And, you know, we've got FTC and SEC uh, apparently um, outstanding uh, rulings on certain things. So all of that's going to have to wait. And so they're not going to spend money on pre-production. So this is a great time for, for those conversations so that Amazon pays attention to that and says, okay, as soon as we start doing those pre-productions, cool, this is what we're going to do. Because we just noticed over here, there's all these people talking about it. And there's 300,000 fans worldwide talking about it. Okay, you know what? Let's get that pre-production going. And that's why I think now's a good time. We've got that six-month lead time or three-month lead time to maybe kind of urge them to have these pre-production meetings to get started talking about a potential Stargate. Myers just perked up. What are the chances the FTC could still pull the plug on this thing? I thought we were out of the woods. Apparently, there are still some questions that are going back and forth, but um, I would say there's very little uh, chance. I, I mean, separate conversation sometime that we should go okay. into about monopolies and whether it should be questioned. Yeah, that's, that's fair. A, that's a different conversation. But I don't think that it's going to be an issue, mainly because MGM is uh, a production studio. Where it becomes an issue is with its distribution channels, because then you've got a monopoly. Dargonis Wing, also from Jenny's Twitter. Uh, any information on SG Merch, which we just covered there, or cons happening in the United States? Darren, your ear to the ground on that? Yeah. Uh, no dedicated Stargate cons in the U.S. Uh, it was Creation that was doing them under license from MGM. They had Chicago going fairly recently, mm -hmm. but Jenny, maybe you've heard an update on that. There, there is nothing announced as far as I know from Creation. So it, it's just the cast members turning up other, at other events. They've been overseas. They were doing some stuff. Yeah, Jewel will always do things like Dragon Con. You'll see Jewel pop. Well, on Wales. This weekend, Wales. they're all a whole bunch of them are at the Wales one this Big weekend. Big stuff in Wales right yeah. now. And then yeah. GateCon is going to be huge in September 2022. But I, I think from what I understand from the creation guys is they're still open to it. I think, again, that's part of the everything's okay. on hold because who's going to make those decisions? Now, I do know that licensing and merchandising has been uh, very uh, – the guy that's in charge of it is just amazing. And Chris Samuels, who's his right-hand uh, international – lead um he's a huge fan of stargate so i know that they that's why eagle moss that's why all of these are still yeah. while while vibrant gaming much more active in the last year yeah and, and that's had because... a long conversation with mgm licensing and they're yeah they're a bunch of people who are excited about getting some stargate stuff going again which is they are why we've got why we've got eagle moss and we've got new licensees coming yeah. on they're having conversations about going back and revisiting some old licensees Yes, they are. And I think it's, and all that tracks back to Bob Merrick and Trish Samuels, who are longtime fans of Stargate and supporters of it. So I think once they had a window of opportunity, they just pushed right through. But when it comes to cons, that's a completely different setup under licensing. And so I, my understanding is that they're going to wait on that, that they're just going to let everything uh, do its due course by the fans and by the actors themselves. That's my current understanding. 
Okay. All right. Um, Redux. When Stargate was in production, the creators seemed to have a lot of freedom where MGM let them do their thing. Would you think we would see the same under Amazon Prime? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, if you look at uh, Frank Spotness's production company with Man in the High Castle mm. and some of the other uh, um, um, hunters, some of the other ones that are, or Jack Ryan, uh, they've got almost full autonomy. Uh, and in fact, in some cases, probably... Uh, okay, so let me back up. It depends on how Amazon Creative Studios wants to develop. How it started 10 years ago and how it's going to end up 10 years from now, I don't know. Because when you're the new kid on the block, you tend to let everybody do their own thing because you want to make a name for yourself. You want to make a big splash and you want to be creative and you want to win those awards. And the best way to do that is to let people do their thing. Once you start to get more structured, however, is that you start to have a little bit more input and, oh, wait, we have to have more process. I don't see that happening, which is ironic considering it's a big process-oriented hierarchical company. But I think depending upon how they let MGM set up its shingle, it could be a lot more independence and free production uh, creativity than maybe they were allowed before. Wow. And you think we're going to keep the same like eight to 12 kind of episode model too? Yeah, that seems to be the sweet spot. Also, that's great for syndication. Right. That's a fair point. Lost you again, Jenny. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Very good. Can you hear us? Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Uh, Uh, I think the the ability to sell those four to five seasons, regardless if you're Amazon, Netflix is weird. They only do two or three, but your ability to sell those in syndication on your own streaming internationally is huge to have a certain chunk of uh, episodes. So while the 10 to 12 is a sweet spot, that also gives us an opportunity to have more seasons. We have more than uh, 200 people watching in the live chat, and I just want to say thank you to all of you who have uh, come along for the ride to to uh, share this experience with us. I, you know, and thank you, Jenny, for 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 giving us all this information. Darren, are there any uh, more areas that we want to make sure that we cover that we haven't uh, explored yet at all uh, in this discussion about uh, the goings on of of the franchise? Anything that you've that you've heard with your ear to the ground? Um, No, I think we've done a good job of covering uh, most of what we've been paying attention to lately. Um, I mean, I'm just really encouraged that Brad still is still energized by Stargate, that Mm -hmm. he's been doing what he's doing with the companion that they did the Stargate AI table read, which was just a kick in the pants for Brad and everybody else. That was just crazy. Just and hilarious. David Hewlett brought up an interesting point uh, when we had him on last week of how um, clear the stage directions were in comparison to the dialogue. I yeah. found that that was very yeah. interesting. Well, Lawrence Maroney said, because I talked to um, Lawrence a couple of weeks ago about that, and he said that's because there were so much more direction, stage direction, in all of the scripts that mm. they churned into that they uploaded into the ai and so and stage direction again if you think about uh for i'm sure people have seen a bazillion scripts but if you look at a stage direction and not to boil it down to something 
like a cartoon, but enter stage left is pretty much what you get. It's voiceover. It is um, usually something like uh, McKay walks into room. So it's extremely straightforward. And it's short phrases, right? And it's subject, object, destination. Subject, verb, object. Right, exactly. And so the Lawrence was saying the machine, the AI could churn that out so much easier Uh, because it's basically, you know, it's a three-year-old kid. So don't eat that works really well for the AI. (laughs) Oh, don't put that in your mouth. He looks at her. She looks at him. He looks at her. That's exactly exactly (laughs) it. That was the best. This This was so brilliant because everybody played it. Uh, it, for what it was it was yeah. tongue-in-cheek yeah. it was hilarious yeah um lawrence maroney who's the google ai uh advocate is a, a stargate yeah. fan he is yes we knew him he back in the sgu days yep and um and, and everybody just sort of brought it you know uh, michael is is daniel again and yeah and Hewlett is Rodney again, and they're oh come on! I know that was the best lines of dialogue. <laughs> well, and actually, Loris Moroni was talking about that. That one of the reasons that showed up is because again, it's that short phrase, right? And right. he had some very distinctive phrases. And Amanda was saying, "Well, how come I didn't get any of those?" Loris goes, "Because all of your phrases were these scientific jargon. Like her catchphrases are scientific jargon, and that comes out as." gibberish gibberish and so hewlett had the best uh <laughs> easiestly i hate to say this well, more easily digested uh dialogue <laughs> so there you go on that um hey darren you know what i wanted to ask you about is what are you thinking about wyvern gaming's game because david mm. I, I want because david you haven't had a chance to talk about this and you should is that you got to go to gen con that's and, right you know, I think you guys should talk about it because they're going to be at Comic-Con and it's really taking off. And I think that uh, I think one of the best things about Wyvern Gaming was that it just showed so clearly what licensing and merchandising had been saying for years, that there's a big audience for this. I think that you're and... absolutely right. What do you what are you fetching? What you got there? I haven't Ooh. done my official unboxing yet. Oh, 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 look at that. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a really beautiful. Ah. Is oh, there like a, a forward job. in there by someone? <laughs> by I know they were going to have one, but they cut it because it ended up being really boring. Oh, really? Huh. No, there's a forward, I believe, uh, by General. General Lawyer. David <laughs> Reed. <laughs> Can you it. find it? There it is, right there. Yay! Hey! There he is. There's my forward. <laughs> I love that. That's and great. These are available online at stargatetherpg.com, I believe is the address, along with uh the the missions to get started and everything else. Yes. So I'm waiting to do my my unboxing video. I'm waiting until my dice get here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. They shipped out the books cool. and now they're doing all the the Kickstarter extra. Yeah, go- the miniatures and all that. That's I'm waiting for cool. my extra goodies to show up so I can do a video. They are terrific. Oh, the miniature figures are going to be kick ass. Yes. Although currently I'm using Lego ones, which is much more. <laughs> no, I uh, was privileged 
to be invited by Wyvern to go and sh- and shoot some uh, footage for their event at uh, at Gen Con in Indianapolis. And we did a short documentary, uh, which was about, about 20 minutes long, by one of the uh, uh, game, the Gate Masters, who was there. And we did a uh, walkthrough of the booth and a couple of other smaller pieces, some, some after-game interviews with some of the people who had played the game mm. to discuss the mechanics of it, mostly from seasoned gamers, but we also talked with some people who had never played before. Cool. Uh, and th- a really great set of videos. If folks haven't watched it yet, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's they're on uh, they're yeah. they're on Dial the Gate uh, right now. They came out, I believe, over over, over. September, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, one of the was the, was a day in the life of a gate master. That's that was the the documentary. I love that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Lee was fantastic. That. He was so funny. It was so much fun. But I love that they they've got it right. They really yeah. got the the vibe and the spirit translated into a, a great physical product as well. And I think you're exactly right, Jenny, because I think it it bodes extremely well for uh, licensing licensing and merchandising moving forward. To we can go and say, you know how to do if you want to do it right, do it like this. That's right. You know? That's right. And then, really and this run. is a small company. Yeah. that worked. I mean, and it was unbelievable hard work for them. And it, I think Darren, especially because you pay a lot of attention to the licensing and merchandising side, and you know what these guys go through. I mean, American mythology publications, all these guys, they go through a lot when they're doing this and it's, it's never easy and it's all out of pocket. So it's not like MGM gives you money to do this. You mm. pay MGM to license the IP to put out your product, which means you're fronting all of that money. Yeah, and, and so they got to get to market and they have to jump through right. all the licensing hurdles to get it. To that's market. right. And they're the only ones who have had a Kickstarter that was approved by MGM. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you can't it, just it, kickstart it really, everything. That's an anomaly. It, it, it was. And I don't know necessarily that MGM <laughs> will do that again. Um, I think that they saw how much money that Wyvern made. And... Uh, lost Jeff. You're gone again. Aww, yeah, thing. that thing was kickstarted in four Sorry. hours. You're good. We got you. Something like four hours to kickstart the. It was crazy. Oh. It was crazy. And I, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this bodes well for the future." And I wouldn't have expected the reverse to happen. It was like, well, okay. I mean, don't can't we proceed with with other things on Kickstarter now? And oh, the yeah. mindset is well. not necessarily. It's like, really. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a perception thing. I think for for licensing, there's there's a perception when something's kickstarted that it might not happen. Yeah. And yeah. MGM wants to make it clear that when they give their their rubber stamp to something, it's it's going to happen. Stargate yeah. Worlds and Stargate SG One, the Alliance, and how many others can oh we my think? Gosh, of? That's... Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some personal, Absol- personal. Uh, <laughs> There, that's what we're walking on. But, uh, Dagger to the chest, right? Da- for you guys? To the back. Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, to the chest. Point, I can I can really tell having worked <laughs> with licensees for for almost twenty years. You really can tell when a group comes along that wants the Stargate license because they just sort of, um, you know, we can we can make use of this to sell our product. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those licensees look like. And then on the other side, you know, a licensee who, who starts from the place of, hey, we're Stargate fans. Yep. We could do something really cool in this world. 
And that's what Wyvern did with RPG. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yuki at home, do you think Amazon would be up for making a Stargate video game? <laughs> so, oh, 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 someone had asked me in my, so along with that. Okay, so licensing and merchandising in Amazon is very weird. Um, okay. It's very, because obviously you have an e-commerce giant who knows merchandising backwards and forwards. Yeah. They know and they know original merchandising, but they also obviously do quite a bit of affiliate marketing. And so they do quite a bit of, hey, if you want to make it yourself and and have our imprint on it, here's what happens. Uh, Kindle publishing being the perfect example of that. But it is still a giant machine. So I do know that the internal licensing and merchandising at Creative Studios is going to be different. But it is, I don't think it's been around for longer than five years, I don't think. Um, I'd have to ask Cameron and those guys. Um, I I just don't know how... I don't know how adventurous they're going to be to answer that question specifically. However, I do know that they're absolutely 100% behind gaming. So they're looking at esports and, you know, they're already in it. So I know for a fact that gaming if there's going to be anything is going to be a push whether stargate's one of those ips that comes up first as one of the ones to do i don't know i mean they may do pink panther or something instead but it is i know a a a massive uh goal for them in gaming how that works i don't know the ins and outs and it's a great question because it just made me realize i haven't talked to those guys over there in the licensing merchandising side of marketing and i'd love to go ask them just from a discovery standpoint how are you handling that with all of your new titles that are original for you or that you've acquired are you are you taking all of those existing licenses are you doing something new are you doing something different from the world of disney because amazon tends to do stuff differently so it'd be it'd be fascinating to find out with your experience with creatives do you think they're going to look at the the back catalog of the failed history of Stargate video games and say, I don't think so. Or do you think yeah. they'll be more like, you know what? We're going to do one and we're going to do it right. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to prove all of these haters who say that it can't be done wrong. Stargate I game think- curse my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I think both. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have the Amazon side. That is the, the Amazon parent, right? Say, Ooh, I don't know about that. And then you're going to have the creative studio side who's reaching into gaming now, who's establishing an entire gaming module. And they're going to say, uh, yeah, no, we can get this done. And there's a lot of reasons why those other ones failed that had a lot to do with revenue streams. So that's not an, exactly. And that's not an Amazon. Well, creative direction. I don't know because I don't know Amazon games enough to know. Well, I'm referring to Stargate worlds, but yeah. Well, but I think that's a good point because a lot of games fail because of that. I mean, you look, Rockstar Games pulled itself out of a a massive issue in that. And Sam Maggs can talk to you Mm -hmm. at length about what she's been through that was positive and negative. The one that she just did was amazing, but it's after she's been through the trenches with it. So I think, I think your questions, I think the the fans question is fascinating. And of course, now I'm going to go call everybody and find out what I can, but (laughs) I think your point is is a good one because I think it depends on who the decision makers 
end up living? Are they living in the creative studio side or are they mm. living in the parent or this new gaming unit? And who's in charge of the gaming unit? Absolutely. You know, we just launched a gaming platform. Yeah. That everybody is still trying to wrap their heads around. I know. Right. Is Netflix. I Netflix. know. Yep. And I'm a steam boy. It's like, what are they doing? Sorry. Go ahead. Netflix, what you got to understand about what Netflix is doing with gaming, at least to start out with is it's, it's really sort of narrow in scope. It's not overly ambitious. Uh, These are, these are small games. They might even all be mobile games. I don't know. Uh, So it's like, you know, there's this little stranger things game and that ties Mm -hmm. into their IP. I could see Amazon starting on the smaller side. Now they, they already have a big push because they bought prime gaming is a big platform now. Yep. Uh, if you're a Prime subscriber, they'll give you free PC games every month. Yep. Um, but uh, I could see them when they look to their other IPs that, that Amazon actually owns that are, you know, TV and film IPs that could right. be for the video game space. I see them starting small. It's not going to be a big AAA MMO Stargate Worlds type thing that costs many, many millions of dollars. Um they could start small, and that's kind of where the franchise is right now already. Remember, we have a Stargate game that's in active development right now. Right, Stargate exactly. Timekeepers. Everybody yeah. just forgot about it because they right. Stargate Timekeepers released a, an announcement trailer, and then they went back to work. Yeah, uh, we're going to have more to talk about next year for Timekeepers. Yeah. What yeah. What are your feelings about Timekeepers? I think it's appropriately uh, small. I think it's. It's uh, not overly ambitious. Uh, it's going to scratch the itch for a particular niche because yeah. it's, a, it's a desktop PC strategy game. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to be thrilled with that. I'm going to play it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But a I'm lot a of people are going to not be interested in the genre and they're going to say, you know, why can't I go through the gate and, and run around in an open world? Right. Stargate, um, what was it? Stargate Network? Are those the ones that that did the the first person shooter simulation? I think, yeah, I think so. So, yeah. and that's that's based on I think one of the people. Unreal Engine. They and just have a yeah. It's it's yeah. but it's it's a fan made project and it's really cool. So I I, I loved it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Eva Eva L, how excited are you about RDA being on Brad's podcast? <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I couldn't so cool. imagine that this was going to happen. I mean, I know that they're really close and they are. and Rick will yeah. kind of do whatever Brad asks. But, you know, when Brad's podcast launched last spring, the hope was that we were going to get all the cast. Yeah. And Rick's kind of always the the hardest to get. I'm just thrilled that they're going to do it. It's going to be a wall to wall. Yeah, he's very out. private. And I, I was never expecting that. So yeah. um it's going to be really nice to to see him again. And him it's popping be- in was on the iPad was really funny. I know it was perfect. It was okay, a lot. Of fun. Table read. It's going to be, I think, really insightful because of the history that they have together. Uh, you just listen to them read the phone book together, and it'll be entertaining. But I think well, that and, this is going to be really fa- fa- fascinating. I, and I think it's going to be somewhat cathartic for a lot of fans too, because there's been a buildup of is anybody going to get RDA? And for a long time, creation mm. tried to get them, and so I think that it'll be very nice for fans to have, not nice. I think it's going to be great for fans to have that. Oh, okay. Yeah. There he is. He's here. Get, he's and, good. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, he's talking to Brad and then the other part of it that I would, I just personally would love to see because he's older now is I would love to hear 
a business conversation between the two of them. Now, we may not get that because that may not be where his head's at, but I would love to hear about the business side of it because he's a producer. He's an executive producer, RDA is. So he now would have a lot of really cool things to talk about with Brad about the business side of creating a show. And I think that would be really cool to hear his opinion about things like that. Absolutely. All right, guys. I think that that's pretty much everything that uh, that everyone was covering here. I that's really, yeah, I really want to thank you for for being on. This was this was terrific to have you both. Uh, any last thoughts before we head into into the rest of the fall and twenty twenty two, Darren? <laughs> I get, you know, so much time passes with no news and, and I get pessimistic, but you know what? I'm realizing today that being with you guys and being with other fans gives me energy. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me that even if there's not a show in active production, the, the Stargate fandom that I love is still living and breathing and full of energy. And it's not just the people who are organizing the Twitter campaigns and, and it's not just the, the licensees who were making new stuff, but we're all in this together. Yeah. I love that. I think, uh, I say this a lot, but Stargate's family and it's, it's Mm -hmm. one of the first fandoms that I worked within and there's so much out there, Darren, to your point that gets me excited every time. And, and to that point, we're going to see a lot of fans at Stargate comic-con Wyvern gaming is going to have a booth there. Gate world is sponsoring all this content. Dial the gate is sponsoring all this content. I want everybody to be there because I want everybody to feel that energy that Darren just talked about. So if you can join us, uh, we'll be obviously posting everywhere mm-hmm. where you can join. But that that is the reason I do what I do is that family, that connection, that amazing fun that you get that energy out of. And I feel like that energy is building, not dissipating. Absolutely. Darren, happy Thanksgiving to you and Thank all you. my best to your family. Jenny, happy I'll Thanksgiving. S- happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you at the table. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm coming out. Come and come. I can't wait so, to see you. It's going to be terrific. I love guys. you guys. And Jenny, I love everybody Turkey out there. Everybody out there. All Stargate fans. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all you guys uh, tuning in. Guys, thank you so much for being on. Of course. You guys take care of yourselves. Be well. Darren Sumner and Jenny Steven, uh, contributors to Stargate uh, fandom and uh, absolutely wonderful to, to have them on. I do have some questions that were select that were put out for me that I keep on putting off and I apologize for that. So I'm going to go ahead and get to those right now. Uh, lots of people would like to know where the big Wraith suit is and will it be making an, an appearance? So my studio here is much smaller uh, this is basically, this is a converted bedroom. No suits can fit in here. Uh, I do have stuff on either side, uh, that you guys can't normally see, but it's just not practical in this room. So the suits are, are downstairs. Um, Redux, uh, long time viewer, first time caller. Where are the Furlings and Asgard guest stars and where's the suit in the Pegasus galaxy? So if you're referring to the Furling suit, we sold that at PropWorks, and I pulled up a picture here. So this was this was the guy. So when the prop uh, and 
set deck department got their hands on him, they decided to make a Jaffa suit, and they they kind of went crazy. They kind of made this this shorter staff weapon for him, gave him the Jaffa gauntlets and the the rest of the armor, gave him a part piece of wraith. I think this is a wraith belt from the Defiant One and Jaffa knife. But they went to the trouble of creating this little this little emblem here for crying out loud that that would make sense with the furling. And we were thinking, was this like something that they had pl- a direction they planned to go in and, and didn't ultimately. And it had us just running around at Propers for, for a while trying to figure out what that was about. But whatever. It's really cool. So, yeah, we sold that piece. And the Asgard uh, puppet slash Venier puppet from uh, from the, the two-part Stargate Atlantis episode, Propworks uh, sold that as well. Um, and I'd love to have people that were responsible for putting uh, the Asgard on uh, to make that happen. So we had uh, Todd Masters from Masters Effects in Season 1. His team was actually the ones who built the suit. So check out Todd Masters' episode. It is it is in the Season 1 uh, lineup for sure. Uh, uh, Jaquilla, how do you choose people for the interviews? Do you ask everyone and see who wants to do it and has time? So I send out around... How do I want to say this? This past week, I put out uh, eight requests, and I've got three responses so far. Some yes, some no. And it's just a matter of timing and if they're interested at the time and if they have availability. And yeah, so I have a I have a master list that I keep track of in the last time that I've reached out to a person. And uh, like for season one, I'll ask someone if they say no, I'll wait a year and say, hey, you know, uh, you, you passed on us last time. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to as many people as we can and, and get that going. A lot of people are willing, you know, a lot of people uh, will do one show, but not do another. And we, all we can do is ask. And the worst they can say is no. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. So just we, that's, that's how I handle that. Uh, let me see here. Other questions that I had. When are you going to have uh, E. Green? When are you going to have Tori Higginson on? Tori, we had her on for the 100th episode. I am really hopeful that we'll have her on for season two. And yeah, we're going to keep on checking in with her. James Carlton, why are you using Pacific Time? Because Vancouver and California are where we normally get our... Uh, uh, guests and so they are in pacific time as well i think that's pretty much all that i have for you guys here uh the next week's guests there aren't any because we're going to be on thanksgiving break ah merchandise absolutely dial the gate is brought to you and our brand new website here so thank you so much i i really appreciate fred for making that happen dial the gate is brought to you every week for free And we do appreciate you watching. And if you want to support the show further, buy yourself some of our themed swag. We are now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages, as well as cups, uh, mugs, some other accessories, including stickers, in a variety of sizes and colors at dialthegate.com slash merch. You can click on a specific design to see what items are being offered. Checkout is fast and it's easy. Just click on, just Go to dialthegate.com slash merch, and thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate having on uh, Jenny and Darren in this episode. Robert C. Ku 
Cooper is going to be joining us in the next episode for a pre-recorded show. Uh, that's going to be in 29 minutes at the top of the hour. Uh, Rob had over 60 questions submitted for him, and I was like, well, I think we're going to turn this one over to the fans. The first episode with him for season two. And so it's pretty much an entirely fan-driven uh, discussion that lasts for over an hour. Uh, I'm really excited about that. It's it's such a privilege to have him on. You know, him uh, being right there with Brad for all those years. It's 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 terrific to get his 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 insight and um, his answers are so steady and thoughtful and just I, I just I just love having him on. I really want to thank my producer, Linda Gategabber Fury, as well as my moderating team, uh, Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, and Anthony. You guys are fantastic. A huge shout out to Frederick Marcoux at conceptsweb.ca. He is our web developer on Dial the Gate. And also a big thank you to Jeremy Heiner, our webmaster who keeps the site up to date, because God knows I can never get around to doing that. This is one of the things that I've just discovered. By now having the website on my own end, rather than having it uh, serviced through GateWorld, it's like, oh yeah. I have to update this. I have to make time for that. <laughs> so I'm really thankful to Jeremy. That's what we have. And we'll be seeing you um, for new live programming December the 4th and the 5th. It's going to be one of those days or both. But two more episodes coming up, Rob, and then we have uh, Stargate Concept Art Seasons 4 and 5 from SG-1. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. I really appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>